Episode 20, podcast number 20, The Insane Ramblings of Crazy Old Men, where Ray and Mike talk about dog poo, bag trees, conspiracy theories, the use of an injector seat, and Neil Ferguson. Hello, Mike. Or should I say good afternoon? You're not here in the studio again because you're self-isolating over there in High Wycombe. But what a fantastic day. I reckon this has been one of the best April days we've ever had. Yeah, it's been fantastic, hasn't it? What have you been up to, Raymond? Well, I mean, sunbathing. Tracy and I took Buster for a walk. Slightly naughty, really, because we took some sandwiches with us. And we went out in a field and we sat down and ate our sandwiches and came back, which I don't think is allowed, but hey-ho, we were able to do it. Funnily enough, when we were walking across the field, I met this guy who sounded like he was from East London. He said, I've got a map in my hand. I should be all right. And I think he must have come all the way from East London in a car or something. So he definitely shouldn't have been there. Funny you should say that. The police guidance has changed and you're now okay to sit and have a lunch break during your walk. Oh, well, that's good then. I mean, the current zeitgeist, I'm doing the right thing. That's excellent. So that's one offence you won't go to prison for. a cyclist and you cycle on the pavement did you know it's against the law yeah and yet they do it all the time they've got their little helmets on and their lycra shorts and they're pedaling at about 500 miles an hour down the pavement which is meant for people like you and me knocking us over ringing their bells it irritates the bejesus out of me i tell you when i was a schoolboy, if you tried that one first of all an adult would tell you off but secondly, if a policeman caught you, he'd take you down to the police station. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I've been stopped for riding on a pavement when I think I must have been about nine or ten. These adults, first of all, they crash through red lights. They thunder down the pavements. They should be riding on a main A road or preferably a motorway. Anyway, I've got an interesting story. There's this French guy. He's 64 and he retired and his mates, as a retirement gift, decided to give him a flight in this 70 million quid fighter jet. Now, he said afterwards he'd never been in a jet and he didn't even want to go into a jet. But anyway, they got in this trip on this Raphael B and it took off from this airbase at Saint-Dizier in France. So the jet starts rising at about 47 degrees and he's pinned to the back of his chair. And as it's going up and up and up, it's at 2,500 feet. He's reaching down, trying to grasp something, and he, he hits the ejector seat, and he gets ejected out at 2,500 feet from this fighter jet. And strangely enough, even though he's got no experience in military flying or anything like that, the parachute worked, and he came safely down to Earth with only minor injuries just on the German border. What a great birthday present. Last week you raised a question, well, I think it was a question, about dog poo bags. Now, this may seem a mundane subject, but if you go on the internet, there's loads of stories about this from all over the country. A lot of councils getting really upset about it are far apart as Devon, South Wales, Northumbria, and you'll never guess who one of the key proponents of making it an actual criminal offence is. Boris Johnson? No, it's one of your local MPs. The lady MP 
for St Albans raised the matter a couple of years ago in the House of Commons um, because she was so hacked off with it. I think what you're talking about is these poo bag trees that we were talking about in our last podcast. Yeah, that's right. And part of the reason that she's getting so incensed is quite a few people, not just in her constituency, but from all over the country, have written in to actually point out how dangerous. We're laughing about it a bit. But down in the New Forest, for instance, they've had ponies that have choked to death on dog poo bags. And someone else in Hertfordshire near you came across, he was a farmer, came across a bird with its head stuck in one. So, you know, it is a really serious thing. And although we're laughing, it does need to be stamped out, as it were. It is actually an offence. Dog fouling and leaving it there is one offence. But to put it in a bag and sling it in a, a tree or a bush is leaving litter and you can get an on-the-spot fine of between 40 and 80 pounds, which, if you don't pay it, you'll be taken to court, and you can get a fine up to a 1,000 pounds. So there you go. I thought you were the only person that didn't like this practice. The insanity of it is, is that you go to all that effort to play the groom of the stool to your animal, and you pick up its poo, and you stick it in a plastic bag. That's the tricky bit. The easy bit is sticking it in a bin. But these people collect their dog poo, which is the right thing to do, then hang it from a tree, which is total insanity. I just don't understand that at all. And it's not just trees. There was also a report on the internet of this chap who found one hanging on his garden fence. And he didn't even know a dog. this morning and it was beautiful and the sky seems so much clearer than it usually is now maybe it's my imagination but it just seemed clearer and purer and I was looking at this article about India Narendra Modi and he's posed the the biggest lockdown in the world and the Indian poor they had to trek away from the the big metropolises and back to their hometowns but India is home to 21 of the world's most polluted cities And they were looking at Delhi. And in Delhi, the air quality index, which last winter recorded highs in excess of 1,200, has now fallen right down below the safe limit of 50, which is a huge drop. And the very first time in decades, the residents of Punjab have been able to see the snow-capped peaks of the Himalayas, which are about 100 miles north. So what we're doing is really making a huge difference. And... The price of oil has actually gone down into a negative. Yeah, in the States, I think it was yesterday or the day before, it plunged down to minus $4 a barrel. So people were actually being paid to take an oil delivery because the producers had run out of storage space. Yeah, they've got nowhere to put it. That is the first time it's ever happened. Great trivial pursuit question for the future. fascinating subject it's a sort of double negative but a lot of people don't realize it's not a new idea i mean at the time of the black death a common misconception going around was that it was as a result of the jews poisoning christian wells so it's not new 
In the 1918 flu that we know as the Spanish flu, the British spread a rumour that it was a secret weapon developed by the Kaiser. I think the turning point came in the 1980s. The KGB set up a special department, Section A, and they decided that if you could create a conspiracy, you could use it to disengage the population of a country with their leaders and maybe lead to civil unrest. And as an example, which they only found out when the Berlin Wall came down and Germany reunited, the Stasi have actually got correspondence from the KGB that shows that the rumour that the USA invented HID AIDS to kill blacks and homosexuals was actually devised by the KGB. So it's not a new thing, is it? I was listening to Newsnight last night, and they were talking about this latest conspiracy theory, which may be correct. Even I'm beginning to wonder whether it's correct or not. And I think Donald Trump probably knows more than what he's saying. But, you know, Donald Trump's been having a go at the World Health Organization, which is hardly surprising if you think about it. I mean, they had Mugabe, didn't they, as their goodwill ambassador, and that was in 2017. So that was a bit of an error of judgment. But effectively, what Donald Trump is saying is that he doesn't trust the WHO. The US funds the WHO 22% of their entire budget, and they're withdrawing that. And part of the reason is, one, they think that the World Health Organization is too China-centric. But not only that, they're beginning to think more and more that the Chinese Communist Party covered up a leak from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which is just down the road from the wet markets. There's obviously a smoking gun there somewhere. What do you reckon? It's quite interesting. This is almost a double conspiracy theory. Fact, the Wuhan Institute of Virology is categorised as working on the viruses that are most lethal to human beings. They call it bio-level 4. And a most senior researcher, a virologist called Shai Zengli, has actually got a team working on bat viruses. Bear in mind that this institute is just about a mile away from the wet market. And she herself was worried that maybe it was one of their viruses that escaped because 14 of the first 41 infected patients had got no direct exposure with the wet market and neither did the first person to die. In 2018, American officials who were on a visit to the institute were concerned about the safety and the management. So it's interesting, isn't it? It really is scary because if it's true, that's a big conspiracy and the WHO might be complicit in that. And if that's the case, what happens to a body like the World Health Organization? What happens to China? How do we get any money out of China? Do we try to get money out of China? Because, again, if it's true, they owe everyone in the world a huge amount of money. But this is supposition. So what happened? They actually analysed the viruses that they were working on with the coronavirus COVID-19. And they found that the genomes were different, so it didn't come from the lab. Also, worldwide, scientists don't believe that COVID-19 could be artificially made. But then, on the other hand, and this is where the conspiracy theory comes in, can we trust the honesty of the Chinese? You know, the president, Xi Jinping, was notified officially 
on January the 14th. But he kept it quiet and it was only announced on January the 20th because he wanted the money from the Chinese New Year. It's even alleged he was told in December. Secondly, we've seen the changes in the supposed death rates. They've already corrected them by 50%. So you have to ask yourself, can you actually trust the Chinese when they say the genomes are different? And if there's a chance it did escape, then the Chinese owe the world trillions and trillions of dollars. they didn't let the virus out of a lab, maybe they created it with 5G technology. Well, Amanda Holden recently, this last week, tweeted a link calling for 5G to be banned because of a link to COVID-19. And it's, it's a really funny story. Partly as a result, another friend of yours, Gwyneth Paltrow, Goop started selling anti-5G shielding blankets. Absolute genius. So, you know, it's quite funny. But these fears have gone for a long time. Apparently by the year 2007, some people were actually lying in their homes with tinfoil to protect themselves against damage from 5G phone masts. Well, that's insane. I'd imagine the energy these 5G masts put out is quite low. Well, as every physics student knows, low frequency equals low energy. We do know also high energy ionizing radiation actually breaks chemical bonds in the DNA and that's how you uh, get things like cancer. If you think that UHF radio works on one gigahertz, as does 4G radio, 5G works on two and a half gigahertz which isn't much more when you think that gamma rays that are used in medicine are 5 by 10 to the 10 gigahertz. So, you know, they've got virtually no energy at all. Have you heard of a guy called Professor Neil Ferguson? Yeah, he's to do with Imperial College London. That's right. In fact, it's... Prof. Ferguson OBE, and he's the COVID-19 advisor to the government. Right. Um, and he's the chap that's been making all these predictions and actually suggesting the course of action like the lockdown and extending it and etc. I just thought it's interesting the predictions he's made before. So in 2005, he made a prediction about bird flu because he is a top virologist. And his prediction was that 200 million people would die worldwide. Have a guess of the actual figure. Um, 200,000. The actual figure was 282 over a period of six years. Oh, my God. So he's wrong about that. Well, yeah, that's our government expert. 2009, swine flu... He said 65,000 British people might die. Have a guess how many actually died. Well, hmm, let me think. Based on what you said before, 69. You'd like to say that. (laughs) Actually, 457 died. And he did it again. BSC. Do you remember BSC? I do. Mad K disease. Yeah, I remember it well. I think my ex-wife got it. That sort of time, I think. 
He said up to 50,000 British would die. Have a guess how many actually died. God, I don't know. 500? 177. My God, he's a little bit inaccurate, isn't he? It's surprising the government are using him at all. go i'd like to give a big thank you to our listener in australia again we still don't know who he is or she is of course uh, but wherever they are they're listening in possibly from a an aboriginal cave somewhere playing a didgeridoo but, uh, it'd be great to hear from you and can i just also say to our other listeners those people who are perhaps listening to us for the first time why don't you click on the subscribe link on the website where you hear this and you'll be notified of our future podcasts and what could be better you could give it to someone as a birthday present and don't forget, we also have a Facebook page which contains all our podcasts and also has some backup pictures and stories about some of the topics that we've covered. In the meantime, can we wish all our listeners well, stay healthy, stay fit, and bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.